Well, hello and good morning. It's good to uh, be with you again. I hope you guys are well and uh, that your loved ones are well at this time. I just wanted to start by saying thank you uh, to all of you for so many emails that I receive every week uh, with such encouraging news about what God is doing, but also encouragement towards myself and the team. And I want to say thank you for that. Um, I had a deluge last week of emails, which I absolutely love, so I'm a bit behind. So if you emailed me last week and you haven't yet got a reply, um, tomorrow on Monday I will be making sure that I go through my inbox and reply to all those emails. So I want to say thank you for your encouragement and, and so many emails as well about last week's talk, Courageous Confinement. Um, and I just want to say that if you missed that talk, about how we respond in this time with courage, then uh, you can just, uh, there's a button just underneath this video player uh, that you can catch up on that. Um, you know, I've been really thinking about and wrestling about what to, um, to speak on this morning, and um, I was unable really to put pen and paper onto a, a kind of typical talk, if you like. Uh, it kind of really eluded me. And that's for not for not having um, information and not because I haven't been hearing from the Lord but because I've been hearing so much and it's been quite challenging really to distill those thoughts down and so I thought rather than attempt to get everything down I'm, this morning I'm just going to share a couple of my thoughts um, that I believe the Lord's given me for us at this time and, um, and maybe over the next number of weeks I might kind of uh, continue just to, to look at some of that um, really exciting that next week, uh, Denise Gray, the wonderful Denise Gray, is going to be speaking with you on Sunday. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what God has been speaking to her in this season. So don't miss that out, uh, miss that next week. So I want to start by saying and reiterating what I've said most weeks, is that God is not surprised by what's happening. And the reason I need to reiterate it is because I still hear people saying, how is God in this? And, you know, what is he going to do? I, I want just to bring you peace. Peace to your soul and your spirit by saying God is in control. The, the COVID-19 has not derailed God's plans. Let's just be very clear about this. In fact, God's plans and purposes will come to pass through it. Um, there's a great scripture in Isaiah 46, verse 10. And it says this, God says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do that I please. God knows the, the, the beginning from the end. Why? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. This book is God's plan, and we know how it ends. And um, I want to say that to give you encouragement, that God's plans and purposes will come to pass. In fact, he is using this season, I believe, to accelerate so much. And last week I talked about um, what God is doing in this season and how he's accelerating certain things. And I believe that, that he is using this for where the devil schemes, God redeems. And you might say to me, so Mark, how do we respond in this time? I want to say that we respond by looking up and saying, Lord, what are you doing? And what does it mean for, for me? You know, there's a really interesting verse in 1 Chronicles 12, in verse 32. 
And it talks about Israel responding in a, a particular time. And uh, it referred to the men of Ikathah and said all these men understood the signs of the times and listen to this, and knew the best course for Israel to take. I want to say to you that you can know the best course to take for your life by seeking God, by seeking his word and saying, Lord, what are you doing in this time in me and through me? Because God is speaking. And funny enough, in 1 Corinthians 12, in the New Testament, Paul says this, God's wisdom is, is revealed to us through his spirit which is in us. There's a whole section that talks about how God's wisdom is revealed to us. And in fact, in verses 15 to 16, it says this, the person with the spirit makes judgment about all things. In other words, the spirit in us makes judgment. But such a person, listen to this, is not subject to merely human judgments. And then, he, then Paul says this, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Who? But we have the mind of Christ. In other words, because of the Spirit living in us, we can know what God is up to. Now, I'm not suggesting that we will know all things, but what I'm suggesting is that when we go through trials and tribulations, when we go through seasons such as this, we can trust God that he will speak to us through his Holy Spirit about what is happening and how we respond. As your pastor, I want to encourage you I want to guide you, I want to instruct you, I want to protect you from false things you might be hearing. There's a lot of people now with their own human wisdom and judgments about what's happening this season. Just be careful, get rooted in the word and say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me what you're doing in this time? And so what I want to share this morning, as I mentioned before, is just a couple of thoughts that I've had that I believe the Lord has laid on my spirit about what he is doing in this time and how we are to respond. Don't just sit back and just say, oh, well, it's just happening. That's, it is what it is. Say, Lord, how do I, and I've said this before, how do I embrace what you're doing in me and through me, knowing that God is always active, that he uses all things for good for those that called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. You've heard me use that verse many times as well. And so here's a, I'd share with you, I've got some notes here, a couple of things that I believe uh, is happening at this time that God is doing. The first thing is he is calling his people to holiness. He is calling his people to holiness. Now, what, what does holiness mean? Well, holiness means to be set apart for God. Set apart for him. In 1 Peter 1.16, Peter says, be holy. Because God is holy. God is is, is other than, he is set apart, he is, what does that mean? He is pure, there is no division in him, there is a purity, in a, and God is causing us, calling us to be set apart for him. We read in the scriptures, Jesus says you cannot serve both the world and God. And I think what has happened, and as I've reflected on my life, I know that there are times where I have feet in both camps. It's not that I'm doing stuff inherently evil. It's just that I'm not devoting myself wholly, and that's another definition of holiness, wholeness, wholly to him. And I believe that in this season, God is calling his people 
to holiness. There is a revival that is happening amongst his people towards holiness. We've been talking about that wave. I believe that wave is building. And I said, what, over a year ago that it would be a revival of holiness. Now, what does it mean to be set apart for him and set apart from the world? Well, I think there's a fantastic definition. And you might want to turn to the scriptures in 1 John chapter 2. And I want to read this to you from the message translation. 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 and 17. Because I think this is a really great definition of what it means when we say the world. Because clearly we don't mean the earth. We mean the worldly system that's in. Now, we are not called to... to um, but hunker down and, and run away from the world. We are called to be a light in the world, aren't we? we? We know that we are just passing through, that this is not our home. So what John is saying here, which I'm going to read, is about how we are to set ourselves away or apart from the world. And it says this, Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. He goes on to say, Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, and he goes and lists some of those things, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. These things that we strive for, these things that we try and control, these things that we aspire to, so much of that is because we are caught up in the world and we love the things of the world. And it goes on to say, this is what John says. It just isolates you from God. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. We know this world that we live in is finite, that Jesus will come again to judge Mankind, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. What we see around us, you only need to read in Revelation to know where we are heading. And John ends with this, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Do you want to be set for eternity? We need to get our eyes off the world. And I believe that too many of us have had our feet in both camps, and it has taken this isolation for us to have some form of detox. I find it interesting with the language here in the message version. Did you pick up on that word that I used? Wanting all the things of the world, wanting to appear important, wanting everything for yourself, wanting your own way. Do you know what John says? It just isolates you from the Father. You see, <laughs> we are now in isolation, aren't we? But what if in this season when we embrace it and we allow God's work in us to detach ourselves from the stuff of the world, that actually we are more free in the Father than we've ever been? Isn't it interesting that before the isolation, maybe you were more isolated from the Father than you now are? It is this isolation now that is causing you to walk with him and be with him in a closer way than you've ever done before. I find that so interesting. That God is having to put his people in lockdown and in isolation of the world. And we are, aren't we? 
We can't control the things we did before. We can't go to the places we once did. We can't, etc., etc., etc. And I talked about some of this stuff last week. And it's in that place that I believe that God is opening our eyes, saying, what is important to you? Don't love the world. It's set to end. He's causing us to the love of the Father. Now, why, why is that important? Why? Well, there's so many reasons, and I, I haven't got time to go through them all now, but I was struck by reading James this week. You don't often read the book of James. Um, but, you know, in chapter 4, there is a really interesting chapter about submitting yourself to God. And maybe you want to turn with me to look at that. And you see, James talks about the world as well in, in, in in the same way, and comes from a slightly different angle, which I think is helpful. You see, in chapter 4, verses 4, he says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And that's, and just to clarify, that doesn't mean that we're not, we don't walk through this world. It doesn't mean that we're not a light in this world. It doesn't mean that we, we have friendships with those that don't do... It's not saying that we hunker down like the Amish and, uh, and, you know, bless them, Lord. But that God is calling us to be a light in this world. But what he's saying is, is that we are passing through. We're not of this world. And we've got to be careful that we don't love the things of the world, the, as John had listed out there. And you see, what I think is really interesting, this is what James says. Or do you think, and he carries on in verse 5, Scripture says without reason, listen to this, that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused in us. Why is God calling us to himself? Because he jealously longs for you. He wants you. He's jealous for you. We are the bride of Christ. You know, for those of you who are married or in relationship, how would you feel if your partner was having a relationship with some other? And yet you see the church for so many of us, and I know there are areas in my life where I'm not fully devoted to God. I feel like I still have this entanglement into the world, and I love the things of the world. And it's taken, it's taken God to put me in this place for... My eyes to be opened at what's important. And I tell you what's important. It's about relationship with him. It's about being with him and in his presence. And I, and I appreciate that maybe some of this comes across as being a little bit hard maybe. It's not. It's the passion of our Lord saying, I created you for me. You only have to look in Genesis at the garden when he walked with Adam and Eve. You see, that is the relationship that Jesus has purchased on the cross for each one of us. That by the shedding of his blood, because he bore our sin, the judgment that was for us. And in so doing, his righteousness is given to us, that divine exchange. It means that we are holy, that we can walk in that holiness and that we can have relationship with God. Let's not miss out. And if you go back to, um, to 1 John, and I looked at 1 John 2.15 from the message, but if you look at the 
paragraph before, John says, and it, it says here, reasons for writing. And this is why John had written what we read before. He said this, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Jesus has paid the price in order that we can know the love of the Father. And therefore, why would we throw that all away and say, I'm not interested. I'm more interested in the, what the world has to offer. John says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven. That is the good news of the gospel, is it not? That we can have relationship with the Father. That we have been saved because of the shedding of Christ's blood. And I look at my life in this season, I've been thinking a lot and praying a lot and pouring over the scriptures and seeking God's face. And I know that I haven't always walked a life which is wholly set apart for him. And what does that mean? It means I've done a lot of repenting. And I talked about repenting a couple of weeks ago. Repenting is not a bad word. It just means turning away from the stuff that we know is wrong and walking towards him. And in this season, if we are to know what God is doing and embrace what he is doing, then I want to tell you right now, embrace the call to holiness. Embrace the call to being wholly set apart for him. Now here's the thing, we know we won't always be in lockdown. I mean, it, you know, the news changes every day, doesn't it? And I'm going to talk about this in a moment. It might be a phased approach, it might be staggered, there might be future lockdowns, but what we're currently experiencing over time will be relaxed and we'll be back out there doing the things we used to do. But I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to how I used to live my life in so many areas where I wasn't wholly devoted to God. My prayer for myself and for each one of you as your pastor is that you would walk in the fullness of the love of the Father and that you would not be entangled in the world's ways because it doesn't lead to life. It leads to disappointments. It leads to stress and anxiety. And I'm not minimizing those things and I'm not saying they're the only causes. They lead to pressures, undue pressures. They lead to perfectionism. They lead to comparison. They lead to covetousness, coveting what your neighbor has. All of these things do not bring life. What brings life is the love of the Father. And so the first thing, just as a thought, as I'm just sharing, I haven't written much here, just sharing some thoughts, is God is calling his people to holiness in this season. And I want you to respond by saying yes. And maybe your prayer is, Lord, would you show me those areas of the world that I still love, that you are causing me to be detached from in this time of lockdown? Well, what's the second thing I want to share with you? The second thing I believe the Lord has been speaking to me about, and I know to others too, by the way, none of this is unique. I'm not suggesting that God's only speaking to me. I know he's speaking to so many of you and so many to others. There's some great teaching online as well. But God is calling his church to be church. Um, I saw a, 
a picture, a kind of cartoon picture this week. You might have seen it as well. And it was of a globe and you had the devil and you had God. And the devil said to God, with a smirk on his face, with COVID-19, I closed your churches. And God says, on the contrary, I just opened one in every home. You see, church was never meant to be about a building and a one-off Sunday experience. That wasn't church. Now, it's a great thing to have a building, and I thank the Lord for the building, the facilities that we have in order to do the work that God's called us to do. And I love the way we are able to gather on a Sunday, because it says in Hebrews we should not give up meeting together. And we, we, that is wonderful. But if that is all that church is for you, then you miss, you're missing it. And by the way, this shouldn't be news to you, what I'm saying. We were in the encounter series before this happened, and I said it's not about the Sunday encounter. In fact, the Sunday encounter is an invitation for an encounter on Monday and Tuesday, etc., etc. And you see, I believe that it has taken this for his church to realize that they, the people, are the church. The last time I spoke to you, when we were in the, in the church together, in the building together, I said, just because our doors have closed doesn't mean we stop being church. That wasn't some smart marketing message. It wasn't some smart slogan. It's just the truth. And I believe that, and I've heard so many stories that have come from yourself, and you will hear stories as well, no doubt of people being in church, of people meeting together over Zoom and praying for each other, people speaking to their neighbours and sharing the good news of the gospel and praying for the sick and acts of kindness. I've heard some wonderful ones this week from some of you. And next week I'll share some of those in my midweek message. It has taken, you see, I, I think what God is doing with this is saying, let me show you what church is. As I was thinking about this this week, God reminded me what I said at the end of last year. I said to everyone, I said to you, I said, next year the church is going to look different, sound different, and smell different. Now, I want to say, I didn't know, I didn't have a blueprint at the time of what that exactly was going to be. I just had a, 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 a leading in my spirit to declare that. And I did think it rather strange that I said smell different. I don't know what that kind of means. I said that twice. I didn't realize how prophetic that statement was because church now does look different and it's going to look different for a while. And it smells different because it's in your homes, it's in your neighborhoods. It sounds different because you're worshiping in your home. It looks different because it's in your place and, and you're doing communion together. You know, I, I spoke to someone during the week and we had a chat on the phone and he said, you know, when we did communion as a church family, it was the most meaningful communion experience for us because we, we did it with the kids and the kids served us communion as well. This is what church is. It's meeting together outside of the four walls and doing church with one another. But it's more than just that. I was reminded of what seems to be, and you, you know, let's not read too much into this, but almost like this, kind of reverse and reset to an Acts church model. 
You know, we read a lot in Acts about the church in that day. Maybe if you have your Bible with you, you can turn with me to the book of Acts. I'm going to reference a couple of chapters. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2. And there was an amazing outpouring of God's Spirit in Pentecost, which is a few weeks away. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, let me just see where I'm going to go to here. At verse 42 onwards, you know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And it continues, every day they continued, every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And what happens? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If church for you was always just a Sunday morning and your week looked different, and God is saying to you, there is more to be in my church. God has stripped out the religious structures and said it's about relationship with one another and with me. Now I know that some of you are at home now or on your own and you can't physically meet with others. But I know many of you are virtually meeting via Zoom and other technologies. And as we gradually come out of this lockdown, it might be the case that we can't meet as a mass gathering. But that won't stop you meeting together in homes, in connect groups or whatever that looks like. And we'll have to see what happens over the next few weeks. But I believe that God is calling his church to be church. Now, why is that important? Well, we see the, the answer in Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, listen to this, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. It's about the Great Commission, as we read in Matthew 28. It's about spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus. You know, everyone is looking for an answer in this time. Everyone is looking for the man or woman could say, they have solved it, we have this, we have that, we know what's happening. Only Jesus can provide the answer, and the answer is his blood, shared on a cross for for mankind. And in this season, God is calling us to be church, to spread the good news of the gospel wherever we are. And that has always been the mission, has it not, of us, which is to make Christ known. It's always been to equip us for the work of the ministry. And just because we stop meeting together on a Sunday morning doesn't mean that we stop being church. You see, God is calling us to be church. And I want to encourage you to meet with, an, with each other. Why don't you have communion and pray with each other over Zoom call? I'm hearing these amazing stories. I'm hearing of healings coming. We're going to have uh, healing meetings. In fact, on Tuesday night, we're going to have a prayer meeting. If you go to our website on the What's On section, you can find out about that. We'll also be sending an email. But also, what we've got to see in this time is that people are hungry and there is a yearning, as I said, to have an answer. 
and people are open to the gospel in new ways. And so I want to encourage you, as I did encourage you last week, to be bold and courageous. And to respond like Jonah, when Jonah went into enemy territory to proclaim the good news and say, listen, repent. This is God. Why? Because he wants you to experience his mercy and his loving kindness and his goodness and his faithfulness and eternity with him. And I find this so interesting. What is one of the values of us at, as, a, as a vineyard movement globally? We use the phrase, don't we? Everyone gets to play. <laughs> I kind of feel like that it's kind of taken the closing of, of the doors to really bring this home to everyone. Say, so, you no, know, everyone gets to play. You see, you can't rely any longer, <laughs> you know, on the, we can't rely on the structure of the service and the building and the things for other people to do it because everyone gets to play. I want to pray for us now. Let's respond to this as I pray. I'm just going to wait for a moment and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And in that time, why don't you just do a bit of business with the Lord as you feel led and how you want to respond to this word. Come Holy Spirit, would you come now? Lord, I thank you that you are active in this time. Not only are you active, but Lord, you are fulfilling your plans and purposes. For you are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. You know the beginning from the end. Why? Because you are the author of it, Lord. And I pray that that knowledge would bear fruit in everyone listening now, that they would experience your peace that you are in charge. And Lord, I, I pray that we would respond and embrace what you're doing in this time and that we would listen and say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And Lord, I thank you that you're calling us to holiness. Why? Because you want us for yourself, that you're a jealous God, that you want us to experience your love because Jesus made a way for us. Lord, I pray that you would reveal areas in our lives where we have loved the world, where we have isolated ourselves from you. And so it has taken this type of isolation for you to open our eyes to what those entanglements have been. And I suspect for some of us we have been feeling something and it's been almost akin to a detox of the world. Lord, would we respond and embrace that? And also, Lord, you are causing your church to be church. And Lord, how I long and how I cannot wait to be together again on a Sunday and many other times during the week. But it's not just about a Sunday experience in a building. It's about everyone gets to play, that we are your church. Why? Because of the Great Commission. And Lord God, the harvest is plentiful, the labourers are few. So, Lord, I pray that you would cause us to take our place and to respond with a yes. Give us opportunities to proclaim your goodness. Give us opportunities to pray for the sick, 
Give us courage and boldness to speak into people's lives and to point people to you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would empower us. I pray for a revival. Lord, I pray for an anointing upon each one listening now of signs and wonders. I pray, Lord, we would move, not just in that we look like the model of, as we are looking seemingly like the model of the the church in Acts, but I pray, Lord, and this is a bold prayer, but I pray it with confidence, that we would walk in the power of that Acts church as well, Lord. Would there be a revival, Lord? Come, and what is revival? It's... um, an outbreaking of your spirit, doing extraordinary things, Lord God, how we pray that. As we say yes to you and as we make that step, Lord, you meet us in that place and you equip us, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you would come now and just bless and protect each one of us. Would your face shine upon us? Would you be gracious towards us? Would we know your perfect peace which surpasses all understanding? And Lord, I pray for your provision and your protection upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Um, As I said uh, at the start of this talk, Denise is speaking next Sunday. Can't wait to hear what uh, word she brings. Monday night, we have Alpha Fundamentals online launching. It's a three-week online course uh, that you can sign up to on our website, information is on Facebook as well, and we have emailed about that, and we will do again. You know, this is a great thing to invite people along to that you're speaking to, and indeed for yourself. If you want to have that refresher and you want to get deeper in the Lord, then I encourage you to do that. We are planning other midweek content to be rolled out over the next while as well, including uh, 60-second updates from different parts of the team, um, Bible studies, and many other things as we continue to encourage one another and connect with each other and uh, do church with each other in this way. May the Lord bless you all and look forward to speaking to you and seeing you at uh, the midweek message during the week. God bless.